I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Welcome back to Keanu Believe It, the Talk Film Society podcast that is all Keanu Reeves all the time. I'm Sam Van Heron, assistant editor over at TFS and a lifelong fan of the singular Keanu Reeves. I will be your guide through his diverse and interesting career. Each week, guests and I discuss a film from his filmography, which we're working through in chronological order. On this episode, uh, we'll be discussing yet another Keanu movie from 1988, The Prince of Pennsylvania. Uh, without further ado, I'd like to welcome my guest, Adrian Torres, host of the Horrorversary podcast. How's it going, Adrian? It's going okay now that we're discussing the movie and I'm no longer watching it. This is a good point. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, The Prince of Pennsylvania, uh, pretty interesting movie. Let's start with that. Uh, it was written and directed by uh, Ron Nicewaner. Uh Besides Keanu, it stars... Fred Ward, uh, Bonnie Bedelia, and Amy Madigan. Uh, so, uh, before we dive into that, I always like to ask my uh, guests uh, their thoughts on Keanu uh, overall. So, what do you think about Keanu, Adrian? Well, the way that I'm going to start off is, first of all, saying that um, I'm a little disappointed that I got chosen for this one. Nothing against the movie until I watched it, of course, but I, I would have rather had you had waited and asked me to do something like The Watcher, which is more my speed to diving into something that that I know what I'm getting into ahead of sure. time, and and mostly because uh, that movie's just all kinds of crazy and confusing, and I love it because it makes no sense. <laughs> so when you get to that movie, I'm I'm going to be watching to see who's chosen because I really need for them to not so much talk about Keanu Reeves the whole time, but whatever <laughs> disease James Spader is suffering from in that movie. Yeah, uh, that's a good uh, idea. I've, usually, uh, you know, we if the movie's uh, interesting and, and insane enough, uh, we tend to not just talk about uh, Keanu, so I'm sure. But uh, we'll have to make sure that episode is special. Uh, no, I, I, I believe it will be. I believe you'll find a way to make it special. But for, for Keanu in general, I've always enjoyed him because he's somebody who, as I was growing up, he was always kind of there. I mean, I don't want to... I mean, I'm only in my 30s, so I'm not, like, that old. But uh, from the point where I was able to really be cognizant of movies and understand what was going on and them, Keanu's always been around. And mm -hmm. so, like, as my appreciation and tastes have changed over the years, it's kind of gone along with the different types of movies and everything that Keanu Reeves has done. Sure. And compared to most other actors, he's got such a weird body of work. I wouldn't necessarily say it's all great but he's constantly making decisions and he's kind of in in a weird way and i'm not saying necessarily talent wise uh but agelessness maybe but he kind of reminds me a little bit of like robert downey jr 
mm-hmm. who lots of people said, oh, well, you know, here's his his coming back and his renaissance. And it's like, well, no, he, he was still making movies. He just wasn't making the giant blockbusters that that you were used to for a period. of right. time. That that doesn't mean that Keanu wasn't working. He just wasn't working within your eyesight. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the the similar. Yeah, it's a good point. Like they never stop working. They never. But then they also do very interesting choice. They they're always making interesting choices, even if that's you know not necessarily keeping with what people expect of them. But I think that's what's great about uh, Keanu is that, and I've said this before that if you're going to do a podcast about all one actor, this is a good one to do because it's not all. The same, you know, it's a very, there's always something interesting to talk about. Yeah. Even when, like in this case, when the movie's not great, <laughs> to say the least. But, uh. Uh, <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, The Prince of Pennsylvania. It's probably a lot of people, I'd say. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but it's, it's really hard to describe uh, this movie because it feels like about three different movies smashed together. Uh, basically, Keanu's. Uh, High school dropout uh, in this mining town in Pennsylvania. I don't even know if we actually get a city name at all. It's kind of just the town. Yeah. Um, They're near Pittsburgh. We know that because Pittsburgh's right. the place to be. Uh, yeah. And he, so he plays uh, Rupert Marchetta, which, you know, if you're going to have a name, that's a name to have. Uh, and uh, he's, he's the son of Fred Ward, which is one of the many things that, doesn't make sense in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and his mom is Bonnie Bedelia from Die Hard and uh, Salem's Lot and all this. So an interesting uh, way to result in Keanu, but I guess we'll roll with it. Uh, so, yeah. So what did you think about this? Uh, I, I, uh, I um, yeah, it's. It fits within that time period of the ninety or the eighties, mm-hmm. like the the tail end of the eighties and the beginning of the nineties, where smaller companies or just any company, because this this wasn't like a tiny tiny movie. I think it was a it was New Line Cinema that put this out, if I'm yep. correct. Mm-hmm. And but it was at the time where they were like, we're we're just trying stuff. We're just we're gonna try. Um, and you you end up either with a movie like uh, Twister with Crispin Glover, where things are are far enough off kilter that you can buy into it. Mm-hmm. And then you've got something like the Prince of Pennsylvania where they they want to go totally weird, but they don't know how to do that because the writer's like, no, I've got to say something uh-huh. with this movie. I don't know what it is that I'm trying to say, but I, I want to say it. And I think that's where it starts. Like the weirdness for me doesn't really have anything to do with the actors and has to do with the writer and director. Cause he only, uh, directed like two other movies. One was a documentary. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> but the other movie that he directed was in 2012 and was uh, Why Stop or something like that. <laughs> or or why, why Stop Now uh, with um, uh, Tracy Morgan and uh, why am I blanking on his name? Lex Luthor, uh, Jesse Eisenberg. And oh, wow. it, deals, it deals with a, a kid who's taken his mom to rehab and then gets kidnapped by her her drug dealer, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Even without seeing this movie, having watched <laughs> Prince of Pennsylvania, I know exactly how this is going to go. Right. Uh, yeah. So this movie is all over the place. I 
every once in a while there's a part I'll like enjoy what's happening a little bit. You know, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's, but then it like then you think okay if it committed to this it could maybe be a decent uh, you know blip on his, in his filmography but it's just it never commits to anything uh, like it starts out uh, him wandering around a scrapyard yes uh, that we never some, see again yep uh, he meets some punks uh, maybe some maybe they're a biker gang it's not clear they're all on bikes but it's uh, you know and then and then he shows up to a a christening uh, <laughs> with his after getting a horrible mullet. It's kind of it's not even a mullet. I don't even know what you would call this. It's 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 basically if if somebody decided to uh, put detangler in the flock of seagulls band's hair, that's what they get. Uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, it's very confusing exactly why who we're supposed to be identifying with in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess you know it's one of those indie drama dramedies where he's a you know he's too good for this town or too big for this town uh he's maybe smart maybe like he uh he uh manages he lives in a lives in his parents garage yes uh he works at a drive-in which we we don't know it's a drive-in until like 20 minutes after we're introduced to it like we just think it's like a ice cream shop uh, and they, by, they, never, they never do anything with with it being a drive-in either. Like that's what confused me. And I don't even think they ever show a screen. Like there's, no. it's, uh, so it's owned by uh, Carla, who's played by Amy Madigan. And at first, I guess like she, she's his only friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might be in love with her. And again, the acting is actually pretty decent uh, in the movie. And it even they, somehow they managed to deal with the varying tones uh you know it doesn't work cohesively as a movie but like they seem to be doing well depending on what scene it is so like if it's a broad slapstick maybe cohen-esque uh crappy but cohen-esque nonetheless uh you know madcap comedy or is it uh more of just an indie drama uh and it's neither and both simultaneously. <laughs> it's it's so confusing because like I even had a note where like it it's it's just it's so incongruous to to everything else because it plays like like it's quirky and then it gets dour and then it <laughs> finds moments of quirk within the dour but it just becomes so suffocating to a point where. You sadly just want it to end or just pick a tone. It's like, okay, are you going to be a drama or are you going to be quirky? Which one is it? Because you're you're starting to get into to big topics here, and then you're trying to undercut it with a joke, like the VCR gasping for air as it goes underwater. Right. Uh, he's, um, yeah, it's a movie. Uh, it, <laughs> uh, yeah. So like, um, it's really hard to tell what the movie's trying to say. Um, it, you know, his mom, we find out his mom's cheating on his dad. So maybe you think that like, it'll be a movie where he reconciles with his father through, uh, (laughs) his horrible mother, which is not the case. Like both of his parents are terrible and great at the same time. Like you think maybe they're going to have a moment where, uh, oh, she, uh, you know, there's a reason why she's cheating on her, you know, on his, on her husband. Uh, but it never really delves into the backgrounds or gives us a reason to for either character uh so in the end it just results in us being confused of 
as confused as Rupert is. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, they they have money now, right? Right. Or do they? That's <laughs> well. So, I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. it's it's inside the 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 portageon. Right. Right. Let's get into that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, then halfway through the movie, it turns into <laughs> a uh, you know, like a you know, almost raising Arizona, but with the I'm just saying in terms of like like let's do a kidnapping. Like it's just out of nowhere. Like let's kidnap my dad who. Uh, you know, has basically he has this tract of land um, that's for some reason worth two hundred thousand dollars. It doesn't really seem like it would be, but fine. Uh, so he decides to this plan at first made no sense to me. Like he's going to kidnap his dad to get money for the land. It's I don't know. It's it confused me. <laughs> but he's so he's so smart. He confused you, Sam. That's, right. That's what the movie's saying. Yeah, I mean, because he's apparently a genius because he can bug his mom and find out that she's cheating on him, I guess, or cheating on his dad. Um, but it's, it's depending on the scene, we think that he's okay with his mom cheating on his dad or he's, mm-hmm. like, really heartbroken by it. Um, he doesn't know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and then they try to have this, uh, you know, like, this romance between... Um, Carla and Rupert, but it's just, uh, it's more that he's, you know, in love with this older woman, but she is just kind of feels sorry for him, but also wants him to like, uh, get out of the town. But yeah. So sometimes some scenes he'll say that he like wants to get out of this terrible town. Mm -hmm. And other times he's like, it's beautiful and we should keep it. We should, you know, uh, let's keep this, uh, drive in running and, um, so just yeah, every you know all the motivations are confused. Yeah, I, I mean it's 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 like you keep on mentioning about it being an indie drama because that that's what it is. And like describing the movie very succinctly, like if you tell somebody and say it's a movie about a small town and the people who are trapped in it and how by being trapped in that town they're broken and that poisons them against everyone around them, but they also <laughs> love the town that's right. destroying them. <laughs> And they also love each other, I guess. But it's, uh, I mean... Literally, because I think, like, half the town is having an affair with other people. We never find out why uh, Rupert, out of everybody, decides that he's going to bring flowers to the christening to give to uh, the mom who had the kid. Right. And so, yeah, this first scene, uh, apparently they're neighbors. uh, And so he's going to the christening of this baby. And then his his mom is... Uh, sleeping with the father of the baby. Yes. Um, and who's also best friends with Keanu's dad. Um, and then they're both minors. Uh, then there's that subplot where, like, uh, you know, he wants his da- he wants Keanu to be a, a minor. Like, he wants him to follow in his footsteps. Um, to inherit his kingdom. Right. Um Yes, his, and that's the, yeah. So the the Prince of Pennsylvania does have a meaning. It is <laughs> because apparently uh, his mom and dad said that they were going to be king and queen, and their son was going to be the prince. Um, but then it's like they never mention it again until the final scene. Um, so he can say, "I used to be a prince," you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I threw my TV off a balcony. <laughs> um, yeah. So this. Uh, the, the kidnapping, it like, is when it takes a hard right turn into being 
a goofball comedy for sections of it, like where yeah. he comes up with his plan. Uh, like they meet in the grocery store trying to be all covert uh, to get the drugs to drug his dad. Um, and then there's like there's this extended scene where he's trying to, uh, you know, he finds out that he gave him the wrong thermos. And so like maybe he's going to pass out instead. And mm-hmm. it's like this, uh, again, it's a, goes into full-blown comedy mode, which can work and you know better movies have balanced similar tones of you know serious dysfunctional family drama with weird oddball comedy but this is not one of them no i mean this is also within five minutes after like fred ward bitch slaps bonnie bedelia like into next month right and we think maybe um like he's just gonna like maybe we're supposed to be identifying with the dad like he we feel bad for that she's like gonna abandon the family but then he immediately beats the crap out of her and starts throwing stuff all over the place um all while the their son is like on the back porch listen their younger son is listening to this <laughs> um and then like they tackle and then Keanu tackles him into the pool um and then his there's this weird scene where his where like they're fighting and his little brother's just sitting at the edge of the pool just like Staring, not reacting at all. Well, especially because the, the dad, like, before the dad slaps the mom and starts yelling at her and throwing things at her, he tell he tells the, or the kids, like, you said that I could have one of your lures to go fishing. And he goes, yeah, go go grab whichever one you want and wait outside. I'll be outside in a minute. And he's like, I think his brother said, I have mumps. I'm yes. pretty sure. <laughs> so and he was like, worried that the a- rest of the family was going to get mumps. Yeah, here, have a coat. Get out. Like, And then I'm going to hit your mom. Like, that's the kind of... Um, uh, and then, yeah, like, he finds out that, uh, his mom, his wife was cheating on him by, uh, they get trapped in the mine briefly, and, like, his, uh, best friend Jack, who's sleeping with his wife, confesses because he thinks he's gonna die, <laughs> uh, and, um, yeah, and then he goes, you know, he, apparently, and then there's this whole subplot where Carla is, uh, this is, where, again, where it tries to go serious drama where... Uh, there's this cop that's hanging around and we don't know what the deal is. And then we find out that she slept with him years ago, got pregnant. Uh, and then he took their baby. Well, she, she uh, gave, she gave the baby. Oh, that's to, right. She gave, yeah, she gave the him the baby. Yeah. And then when she ca- catches up a few years later, she finds out that, uh, they got divorced and he gave the baby to his wife. And so. now she's back, uh, sleeping part time with him. Yeah, and also sleeping with Rupert slash Keanu Reeves. So, which I, I, it, when that happened, I was like, how, how old is she supposed to be? Because like she seems like she could be like late twenties, early thirties. But this is um, once again Amy Madigan, who either around this time or like a year or two later is married to Kevin Costner in Field of Dreams. Right, and, and it's only a few years after uh, it's only Streets three of years Fire. After Streets of Fire, so yeah. And uh, but then Keanu Reeves is is like he's dropped out of high school, but we don't know like what year it was. It was a junior or a senior, and we never find out why he dropped out. He says that he dropped out because he was too smart, and that's what everybody else has heard. But when you see him go to the school dance, 
everybody's picking on him and calling him names. So it kind of right. feels like he may have dropped out because he was being bullied. But then the film says that he's so smart and he's made contraptions so that they can use him for two seconds unexplained later in the movie. And then some uh, Amy Madigan goes, I want you to write poetry. Do you know what poetry is? And he starts doing like really bad off the cuff. Uh, I, I've read Shakespeare like one or two times. I think I know what a sonnet is. Type right. of poetry. Uh, that he's just using to get laid, I guess. Yes. Uh, oh, but but that uh, my other favorite part for his intelligence is when he's at the dance and he's dancing with the girl and he starts quoting Socrates. And the only thing I could I could think of is every time when he says Socrates, I wanted to yell at the TV and say, "It's Socrates, damn it! It's Socrates! You're going to steal that motherfucker from from time in like yeah. two years. You're going to steal him out, and yet here you are quoting him in a movie no one cares about." <laughs> so yeah, and then there, so the scene at the prom at homecoming, um, he brings the biker gang to homecoming for just because he's upset, and then it turns again madcap like, "What are these bikers doing in this dance?" Um, and then, yeah, he's being bullied. Um, and, you know, and then they call the cops for, no, like, apparently no real, no, no real reason. Um, but, uh, and, yeah, this is where it gets confusing. So uh, he goes to the dance and this kind of, you know, this girl says, where have you been all year? But homecoming is at the beginning of the year. Yep. So, yeah, that's, and then it, and then it t- becomes Christmas with, between a scene, like it's. It's the fall of homecoming, and then it's Christmas, like, a day later. Um, obviously, okay, it means time shifted. Yeah. But they didn't... But, like, they plant... Uh, he made it seem like, when they were going to do this kidnapping, that it was going to be, like, in a week. But they do it around Christmas. So it's, again, no sense of time. But <laughs> uh, And so when they finally kidnap his dad, they also have, like... This is another time we see maybe that he's smart because he fangled up some ropes that connect to a, like a fan, a heater, and uh, the radio. Yeah, <laughs> that he can like pull with his teeth. So it's like I guess he's a genius because he can do uh, what Kevin McAllister does in the Home Alone <laughs> movies. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> and then and then there's a they wear like when they're trying to get his dad to sell the land or. Trying to get his dad to... Uh, uh, then they find out that his dad sold the land without telling them so that he could, I guess, force his uh, estranged wife to stay with them. Um, and so, really, they're just both awful because he uh, reveals to his mom that, you know, what his plan was, and she, like... Uh, there's a scene of her contemplating it while eating <laughs> fried chicken. Um, I mean, this is a movie. I enjoyed it while watching it, but not because it's good, just because it's like no. this is one of those movies. It's just I can't believe it's what's happening. So I'm yeah. entertained, and I'll, but I'm, thank God it was only 85 minutes long. Like I, I, I <laughs> wish that it had been uh, more comically absurd and didn't try to have any of the like the dramatic bits into it. Because if yeah. it stayed, if it stayed weird the whole way through because they, they've got the weird scene when they're trying to get out of the mine because they've kidnapped the dad and Amy Madigan is in like a jumper and has a helmet on and has a <laughs> tape recorder uh, strapped to her chest. But then there's like a Benny Hill ask uh, slash Scooby-Doo running through doors and 
around stuff while there's a naked man who's trying to get uh, Rupert and Amy Madigan goes running through the showers, but she stops to turn back around to look at like the naked guys for a second and then keeps running out. And yeah, like, and then it goes back to everybody's being depressed and and horrible to each other. And you're like, why is this? Who who did this? For for those people who didn't look up the writer and director, we we both forgot to mention this at the beginning because it's the most confusing thing when you hear about this movie. The guy who wrote this movie goes on several years later, and I think it was '94, to get an Oscar nomination because he wrote Philadelphia. Oh wow. I did not. Yeah, I guess I should have. That's wild. Yeah, that's, was he just one of the writers on Philadelphia, or was he the writer? I, I don't. Well, see, the interesting thing, I'm. I'll I'll look it up. But he also was one of the people who did one of the um, uncredited uh, rewrites of Swing Shift that Jonathan Demme directed oh, back right. in the day. So it's it's really weird to see like some of the movies that he's written and then you see this and you see the only other movie that he directed and he it the, like it doesn't feel uh the same it doesn't have the same time no he's the only writer yep on, writer of philadelphia and of course philadelphia is direct directed by jonathan demi who who probably they teamed up when he was doing rewrites on swing shift yeah wild uh and he is from pennsylvania so i wonder if it's got some autobiographical uh, <laughs> oh. I, I feel so sorry if this was his life, then. <laughs> um, yeah, so, again, yeah, you're right. Like, the parts that I enjoyed were the uh, ridiculous, uh, nonsensical comedy bits, just because at least the insanity of it is fun, uh, in a way. Like, the... But, again, yeah, it doesn't... Every time we're enjoying the weird, stupid comedy, it then tries to get super serious. Um, so... You know what would have made this movie better, Sam? What's that? If we'd both been to Nam. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, there is... Uh, he's constantly saying that he went to Nam, and he calls Rupert North... Or, I mean, or Oliver North uh, oh, the, the, a the, great the American. Mom. Yes, the, the mom has, has the, the comment where she mentioned, she goes, I married Jimi Hendrix, and then he turned into Oliver North. And I'm like, Jimi Hendrix? What <laughs> kind, I mean, maybe say... Uh, I don't know who, but not. I mean, that's a that's, an, that's a strange uh, one to go from. Yeah, from Jimi Hendrix to Oliver North, but um, I mean, yeah, and Fred Ward again. The acting is pretty decent in this movie, considering uh, what they're the material they're dealing with. But uh, and then speaking of that Benny Hill chase through uh, when they're trying to when they're kidnapping his dad, there's also. Uh, so he moves his dad back into the mine, uh, yeah. and then we find out that he hid the cash in the porta potty, which they call a porta Johnny. Oh which maybe that's yeah. a Pennsylvania way of saying it, but <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, and then you know, and then it turns into again like a Hanna Barbera cartoon where he's Keanu's going to blow it open with dynamite because that's smart. Like let's just let's do that. Uh, and then I get then there's a. The cops start go, cops go in there, and then there's a straight up Scooby Doo chase where they're like running through hallways. Uh, Keanu's like holding, basically holding onto his hat like as he runs. Uh, Amy Madigan shouting in the distance, and then apparently, you know, they have a they have a uh, a torch and they realize that methane's filling the chamber and <laughs> the mine's gonna blow. Uh, and he thinks Carla dies. 
and then like and then he hand and then so like they take him home and uh, we think maybe they'll have some kind of reconciliation but then you realize that there's only five minutes of the movie left <laughs> and he just <laughs> walks out uh yeah and so and then i guess uh his parents make up because for no apparent reason besides the fact that he almost died or get, or like that their son was it's yeah i don't know the, the final scene with them is them probably about to hook up in their bedroom uh, they, they got to the money and then yeah and they and they cuffed him to the refrigerator uh and then in the morning he's like the refrigerator door is gone uh and then yeah and then he meets up again with uh carla where it takes another hard turn into i guess indie drama territory where she's like well me and joe are gonna go get my baby you can come be our son i guess I don't yeah know, our- well, she's like we'll we'll be a we'll be a family i i love you and i love joe too but it's different and like okay so you're gonna become the surrogate mother of this uh high schooler that you slept with cool yeah. cool uh but no he's he can't do that uh it's you know it sounds great but not for him uh and then so yeah and then oh wait, i forgot to mention uh the biker uh there's this cute blonde biker as part of the gang uh and so she shows up right at the last minute uh and then he says you know where are your friends and she says i'm on my own now and so then they ride off yep. into the sunset and, and you you didn't forget to mention her because the movie introduces her for two seconds at the very beginning when he gets the haircut <laughs> She's then reintroduced for two seconds when she just stares at his face at the dance, and then she shows up at the very end. Like, they literally, before the end of the movie, they have maybe two lines that they exchange together. Right. And then, I guess now it's The Prince of Pennsylvania 2 is going to be the uh, <laughs> the journey of them to South America. Uh I, yeah. I the the only reason that I'd be okay if there was a prince prince of prince Pennsylvania two is if secretly there was some universe in which they crossed over into ma- the mannequin two on the run, and it was just the foursome of them. It would be terrible, but I would watch it way more than I would watch this. Uh, yeah. So, and again, like this is a. Uh, I thought Keanu did good, you know, as good of work as he could with this. Uh, material um it's a very it's another one of those uh it shows that Keanu does have uh more range than people give him credit for even if this movie doesn't do anything with it but um like I could see you know it's 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 funny uh before this we did uh the night before and Mm. in that he's also playing a dweeby unpopular kid uh but not very convincingly just because it's you can't. I don't buy Keanu as the bullied nerd. Like I don't. I mean, <laughs> as good as he is, it just like I look at Keanu. It's not even. And he does fine with the performance, but it's just like I just can't buy it because he's cool. Breeze Reeves. He's not. Uh, you know. Well, I mean, he's a dorky guy, but he's not. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's not this, this kind this, of guy. This hits in the weird period, I think, because for like the at the start of his career, he's playing more of the kind of uh, loner. Um, an out there guy, you know, like mm-hmm. he, he has a tougher edge to the characters that he's playing. Even if they're reflective, he does have, have a harder shell to crack really. And then as you start to get into the late 
eighties, he goes into more of the the persona that people think of when they think right. of of his career. When you get closer to um, Bill and Ted, that right. he's he starts to lean in on there, and the Prince of Pennsylvania is very, very, very much kind of like that that proto stage that you see in the next year when you get to Bill and Ted, and you can tell that it's something that he's that he's crafting, and maybe if, if he had to do this to to fully nail the character that he has there, that becomes one of his iconic touchstones. But then even that's weird because you look at just a couple of years from this, we're just a couple of years out from from Point Break, and right. then a couple years out from Speed. Like we're like maybe five six years from Speed at this point. So it's just weird to see the trajectory that he's going on. Right. Well, yeah, because the next year is, you know, 89 is when uh, Bill and Ted came out. And then yeah. two years later, he was in Bogus Journey and My Own Private Idaho. So, yeah, he, uh, again, I think this is the, I'm looking at, you know, his filmography and I'm like, this is the last movie where it's like, I can't believe he was in this movie, but now we're going to the more, you know, the yeah. more interesting parts of his career so at least it was, again thank god it was only 85 minutes uh, <laughs> overall i did enjoy my time with it but i'll never you know but it's like i think that's more because i was preparing i was like i'm looking forward to having a weird conversation of i can't believe this movie exists <laughs> well and, and see that that's one of the interesting things while, while you're watching it and to the point where you said that you enjoyed it and and i think there's lots of people who would feel that way because of the cast. It was like you mm-hmm. mentioned, you, you got Bonnie Bedelia, you got Fred Ward, you've got Amy Madigan. Uh, J.O. Sanders is in a couple scenes as uh, the trooper that Amy right. Madigan is yep. having the affair with. So, like, every single person that you spend the majority of time with in the movie, save for um, the the guy that Amy Madigan's... Ha- or not Amy Madigan, sorry. That the mom is having the affair with. Oh, yeah, who's just the... He's just a guy. Bread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But everyone else is, is somebody that, that you like or is a good character actor who can imbue these characters with a little bit of soul that you're not going to get if it's just, oh, Keanu's our big person and right. then we've got everyone else. Like, he's part of the ensemble here. And if you take that away, you take a couple of those people or you take everybody but Keanu away. And I think the film suffers even greater than it, it already does. Right, I think you nailed it because these are actors that you know I really enjoy, but at the same time you like want more movies with them because they're uh, you know good character actors. But really, there there's the movies you know them from, and then basically they're the you know they it's not that they had bad careers, but it's just no. so yeah, it's good to spend time with uh, Fred Ward and Amy Madigan, even if there there's not there's nothing going on, <laughs> or or Fred Ward's an active abuser, but. Uh, yeah. You know, in this movie, wow. But. He's he, he's he's an abuser for that one scene. Right, and then not again. Yeah, and then he's just uh, being his dad again, and then <laughs> you know getting cheese whiz sprayed in his face by uh, Amy Madigan in a Freddy Krueger <sighs> mask. So yep. So uh, yeah, that does it for this uh, episode, uh, Adrian. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I I just I I I feel I feel bad in a way because we talked so much about the movie and that Keanu Reeves, he's not terrible. If you guys are curious to, to see him in it, I, I, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of clips online. He doesn't do a bad job. It's, it's just one of those weird movies where you watch it and like you try to compartmentalize parts of it. And then you're just, you, you're kind of in a, in a space where you're like, well, I didn't absolutely hate it, but I didn't really like it. 
Right. So like I I feel I feel bad. I'm sorry that that this is one that we had to go through together because it. I, I I do feel a little bit bad. I know that that you're you're on this journey, and you, there's going to be far worse ones. Like you have to sit through hardball at some point. So, well, it, our my my fe- my dread is uh, forty seven Ronin again because I really that one. Yikes! Okay, see but, see, uh, but 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 forty seven Ronin, you can at least you've got a way that you can you can turn off your brain and you can focus on different visual that's elements. That's a good point. In it. Yeah, uh, yeah, but. Um, yeah, this I would say this is a for completionists uh, <laughs> only. Like it's it's in, you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see like oh this is a movie that he did. Uh, yeah, but that's about as far as it can go. <laughs> uh, so please tell the fine people uh, all the good work you do, Adrian. Where can we uh, find you? You can find me on Twitter at yo Adrian Torres. Um, sometime I'll have something interesting to say. Sometimes I, I I might not. I try to keep it interesting, or at least point people in the direction to things that are interesting. Um, and like you mentioned, I also host a new podcast called Horrorversary, which it's exactly like it sounds: horror then versary. And if you put it in Twitter, you'll you'll find it because it's the only one that has that name. <laughs> L- luckily, right now, if you put it in Google, you will find the Twitter at the very beginning because there's no, <laughs> there's no one else who has anything like that. And uh, that podcast is uh, it's a podcast celebrating horror movies that are celebrating anniversaries. But we don't do like two years or five years. It's, it's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. And we every single... Uh, episode is just me and then like you're doing here it's a guest either somebody who's um, a movie writer movie reviewer uh, works in television works in movies works in production it does podcasting and it's kind of just a giant gust session where they talk about what it is that makes this movie so great how it compares to movies nowadays and just what exactly it is that allows us to look back fondly on, on so many of these movies. Awesome. Uh, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, I might have, I just have to have you back for uh, the watcher just because oh God. you're a horror <laughs> guy. So you know, let's do it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. I don't understand that movie. I will watch it again. I'm very much looking for, cause I hadn't heard about that one. And it's crazy that it was the year after, wasn't it? It was released in 2000. So it's yeah. right after the matrix. Interesting. Uh, all right. Uh, join us next time uh, when I'll be discussing uh, dangerous liaisons. Uh, until then, thanks for listening and keep being excellent to each other. <laughs> <laughs>